0: I've noticed over the years that one of the things you need for following God is faith. The other thing you need is determination. And despite my faith and confidence, Rachel was determined not to preach today um, because she's serving God faithfully and has developed determination, I've discovered. And so she said, no, you need to do something, Stuart. So I'm going to give you a brief word uh, to encourage you today to link with what we heard last week. And I trust it links with what Rachel's just been sharing too. Uh, Last week we were talking about how God... Uh, wants to give us more than we've already seen. How God has more for us than we've yet tasted, than we've yet experienced. And Rachel, I believe that's a word for you today, that God has more for you than you've yet seen. You've just talked about a project that's ten times bigger than the one you've just done. But God is well able to supply, isn't he? Do you believe that? Good. And that means he can supply our needs too, as we're trusting him. Uh, There's a brief story I'd like to read, and it's from 2 Kings and it's the story of a woman in trouble. It's not called that, but that's what it is all about today. And it says this, the wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, "Your servant, my husband is dead, and you know that he revered the Lord, but his creditor is but now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves." Elisha replied to her, "How can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house?" Your servant has nothing here at all, she said, except a small jar of olive oil. Elisha said, Go round and ask your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. Pour oil into the jars, and as each is filled, put it to one side. She left him and shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her, and she kept pouring. But when all the jars were full, She said to her son, bring me another one. But he replied, there is not a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. She went and told the man of God and he said, go sell the oil and pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what is left. It's a story from a long time ago in Israel's history. Elisha is a famous prophet. He's been used by God already and this woman had a connection with Elisha through her husband. He had been part of Elisha's gang, if you like, uh, group of prophets prophesying, and and this woman's husband had been part of this group, and she's in need. And I want to very quickly bring out a few points for us today. This is about how we position ourselves to receive the more that God wants to give us. What do we need to do? How do we prepare ourselves to receive more from God? Because I think there are some things we can actually do to help. It's not about God just wanting to bring us some stuff. We can actually put ourselves in the right place for God to be able to bless us and use us and pour out his spirit into us. Number one, firstly, you need to recognize your own need. You need to recognize the need that we have of God. It might seem really obvious, uh, but I've met so many people who don't see their need of God. Either they, they're, they're non-Christians and they're not interested, or, or they are and they're just stuck in sorting things out themselves and, and they just can't see that actually the very thing they need is what God could give them in a moment. It's true, isn't it? Uh, Some of us have been in this situation, where you get to the end of yourself, and it's only there that you actually pray and go, God, can you do anything about this? And God says, I've been waiting for you to ask. Funny, that. Here we go, and here's the solution. This woman, I think, had left it quite a long time before asking for help. Her husband's died... But she's got to the point when his creditors are coming to take away her boys as slaves. I think perhaps she could have done something about it sooner. It's just possible after her husband had died, she could have had a conversation with somebody that might have made a difference to give her some breathing room, some time, some space to be able to negotiate and work things out. I think she's left it quite a long time. Maybe she was proud, maybe she was hurting, maybe she was upset and grieving, but Pride and fear can stop us seeking help. I want to encourage you today, if you, if you need help, ask. Don't hold back out of pride. She may have been disappointed. After all, her husband's just died and he was a prophet, so maybe she's just been wrestling with God. And, you know, I've seen so many of us struggle with disappointment. And disappointment kills faith, if you know that, if you discover that in your own life. But when you're carrying deep disappointment, it's very difficult to trust if you're disappointed. You can sometimes wrestle that and manage to hold on to both, but it's difficult. And I think this woman has perhaps just allowed for a short time her disappointment to rob her of what God could have done. Some of us, as Rachel sort of indicated earlier, are afflicted by comfort. It's not disappointment, it's not our pride, but we're just quite comfortable actually and when we're talking about God doing more, I think there's a tendency in some of us to go, can't I just lie here for a bit longer as I am? You know, when the alarm goes off in the morning and you hit it on top, if yours is like mine, it's got a snooze function on it and I've set it for, I think it's five minutes and it snoozes and sometimes I just lie there and go, oh, you know, and I don't even realize I've done it and it bleeps again and then my alarm's magical. It has a snooze function, which, which, you know, if I hit it again, it will go off. And then I get a pain in my left leg or my right leg. It's amazing. Those of you who are married and share a bed might understand how this works. <laughs> it's absolutely brilliant. Because if it goes off more than twice, it's like... <laughs> That's right, isn't it? Yeah, it works well. It's amazing. gets me out of bed every time. But sometimes we're afflicted by our own comfort, where we're lying or just going, oh, just another bit, Lord, don't do any more yet. I'm I'm just coping with where I am. And God doesn't want us to remain comfortable. God wants us to press into him for more, because he's got more for us, and as a result, more for those around us, more for the world at large. Okay, quickly. The second thing we need to do is cry out. This woman did, at some point, say, help. She did the right thing. She called out. And I just want to encourage you today, if if you're hungry for more of God or if you're stuck, cry out. God responds to the cry of a a needy heart. He responds to people crying to him. He always does. There's stories in the Bible where a cry of injustice reaches to God, where someone's blood has been spilt, and God even says, their blood cried out to me. It doesn't mean literally, but the act that's happened was so heinous that that it's reached God. There's times when sin calls out to God, when injustice... uh, uh, The the town of Sodom, the sin in in Sodom was so grievous that it reached God and the cry reached God. And he comes to investigate in the Old Testament stories and comes to see what's going on. If you're desperate, cry to God. He hears your cry. Thirdly, start with what you have. God, if if you want to see God do more, be prepared for God to say, well, what have I already given you? What have I already given you? Notice here. That God used what the woman already had. Elisha replied to her, how can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Very interesting first question for the prophet to ask, isn't it? What have you already got that God's given you? It happened before with Elijah, Elisha's forerunner. And he was hungry one time and went to a woman who had just a little bit of flour, a little bit of oil, and and he asked her for a a cake or some bread. And she said, I haven't got any. I've only got this little bit, and we're going to make a meal and die. That was her plan. And so Elisha has probably heard this story from Elijah where he's told the story of of how God already supplied what he needed. happened to Jesus? He fed 5,000 with a boy's lunch, and the boy already had the lunch. Jesus didn't make lunch for this boy. His mom or dad had already packed it up for him and sent him off, and Jesus fed a whole crowd from what somebody already had. God said to Moses, when God appeared to Moses, uh, and Moses said, well, how am I going to lead your people out? How are they going to be convinced? God said, well, what's that in your hand? And Moses was carrying a staff. He said, throw it to the ground, and it became a snake. And there's all these stories of times when God says, what have I already given you? I'm going to start with that. Because God's already given you something. He's already given you enough to be able to magnify what he's done and bless it and cause it to grow to provide what you need. It's already there. He starts with what you have. Rachel went to Albania in 1993, and God started with what she had. If Rachel could write a book now to younger Rachel, she'd be able to write lots and lots of things of what to do and what not to do. that would save her years of anguish. But God worked with what she already had, and is working for his glory in that. Just on this point, God often doesn't give us what we think we need. He tells us to go in the strength we have. There's a guy in the Bible called Gideon. And God appeared to Gideon, and Gideon says, Why are you appearing to me? I'm the my tribe's the least in Israel, I'm the least of my tribe. Whoa, leave us, leave me alone. I'm a bit scared. You know what God's word to him is? When he gives him this great commission to go and rid the 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 nation of a foreign army, God says to him, Go in the strength you have. (laughs) Isn't that great? Because if I was giving, I'd be saying, God, I need you. Because there's so many things I believe God's called us to do. And I look at them and say, I haven't got the strength. God, give me the strength. Give, give us, fill us with your spirit a bit more, Lord. Give us more than we've already got. But you know what? God says to him, go in the strength I've already given you. And that scares me. Because that means God's already probably given us what we already need to do, all the things that we think would be amazing if only God did it, gave us a bit more. He's actually given us everything we need to go and get on with the job. So what's stopping us? Fourthly, have faith in God. It's a really simple point, one you're expecting probably. But this woman had a little bit of oil in the jar, little tiny bit of oil, that's all she had left. And Eli- the story, as you've just seen, Elisha tells her to go and collect containers from her neighbors and pour out the oil into those jars, and as she does so, the oil is going to keep on flowing. Now, at some point, this woman not only had to collect the jars, we're going to get to that in a minute, but she had to start pouring. And at some point, she's got to put her faith into action and not just believe that God can, but believe that God will. And she's got to pour out what she's already got. And I tell you, this is the moment of vulnerability. When God says to you, okay, go in the strength you've got, and then you have to start using it and putting it into practice. And God says to this woman, effectively pour out what it is you've already got. And there's so many times that we can be tempted not to trust God. Say, so, God, I've only got a little bit. The little boy with his lunch, and Jesus appears and, and says, you know, well, let's, let's share it round then. The little boy could have said, no, it's mine. It's all I've got. I'm going to go hungry otherwise, but actually 5,000 were fed as a result of his sacrifice, as a result of his faith. I want to encourage you today, even if it feels like you've got a little bit, Trust in God. Fifthly, we see from this same passage that we need to partner with other people. We've talked a lot about partnership today. Rachel's able to do what she does because churches like ours and people partner with her and she partners with them to get done what God's called her to do. That's exciting. And the same happens with all of us too. We partner together, one with another, to be able to serve God and grow together and see God's kingdom built we can't do it on our own. Elisha says to this woman, Go round and ask your neighbors for empty jars. Don't only ask or don't ask for a few. Go inside, shut the door, and pour out the oil. Once you've done, made an honest assessment of your need, you've actually realized your need, we come to the quick realization that actually we can't fix ourselves. This woman couldn't have made any difference herself. She couldn't have got herself out of her scrape that she's in. She actually needed somebody else. She needed God ministering through Elisha, but she also needed her friends and her neighbors. She needed people around her to make a difference. She couldn't do it on her own. For some of us, we need more of God, and it's something we can sort out privately on our own, just with God. But for most of us, I think actually we need the help of other people too. And sometimes my pride stops me asking, if I'm honest. Sometimes I think I'm supposed to know all the answers, and you know, even in your family you can, can't you? Why, 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 why would I ask for help? Because I'm meant to know, and often you don't, and it's those times you actually need to get help from other people. And it's embarrassing to ask. I want you to imagine for a moment being this woman or her son's. And you go to, the, go to the neighbors. I don't know if they had doors, but I'll try. Hello? Can I borrow a jar? Yeah, sure. Why? Well, I want to fill it with oil. OK. What's the oil in now? Well, it's in a little tiny jar. OK. So you want to borrow a big jar, lots of them, to put oil in that's in a little tiny jar. Right. You sure? Yeah. Okay, next house. Hello? Same conversation. This woman's going to seem slightly unhinged. Because the word's going to go around the neighborhood. Have you had Flo, whatever her name is, it's a good name, you're pouring oil, coming to? That wasn't planned. It would have been worse if it was planned. Have you, have you seen Flo coming to, to knock on your door and ask for some containers? Has she been round? Yeah. I've given her everything. The bathtub, the whole lot. She had everything stripped us bare of containers what is she doing and the word must have gone out because small villages you know the word gets out and she's got to go and over her embarrassment get over the fact that somehow she needs people's help and I just want to encourage you if if we're going to break through for God to do more actually we're going to need to stand together because there's gifting that God's given here amongst us that I need into my life and you need other people's gifts into your life. We need to be sharing together and growing together in God. We can't do it on our own. Sickly, be humble. It's the same point, I suppose. But be humble enough to look silly. I've discovered this. If you're hungry enough, you won't care how silly you look. Seriously, if you're hungry enough, you won't care how silly you look. You see pictures in, of people in desperate need and I'm hoping Rosemary's coming back in a minute because she's off to Greece very soon uh, to do a relief trip uh, for many refugees who are there. You see pictures of refugees traveling to get to a safe country. I don't think they particularly care how silly they look when they're grabbing food because they're hungry. Hunger does that to you. If we're hungry for God, we won't mind. Develop persistence. We're nearly there. Developed persistence. She, she left him and shut the door behind her own son's. They brought the jars to her and she kept pouring. She kept pouring. She could have had poured one and gone, well, that'll do. Two, don't want to be greedy, do I? Two. Two's fine. Two. Two's enough for me, you know? That'll do. I'll, I'll just put it back. But she kept on pouring and she kept going. And there are times when God encourages us to keep on going, to persist, to be determined When everybody else is giving up, there are times when, and I'm sure Rachel has found this, she's got to just keep on going, and you have too. I have too. Practice obedience. Do what you've been told to do. It's really simple, isn't it? You know, if we're to prepare ourselves for what God wants to do amongst us as a church and as individuals, I'm convinced that we need to obey God's prompting first. If we're saying, God, I want more of you, the very first thing God is likely to say to us, well, what, what have you done with what I gave you last time? Have you done what I said? And he won't do that in a condemning way, but he, he wants us to grow. He wants us to receive more. So if, when God's speaking to us, the right thing to do is to follow his, his leading and to do what he's telling us to do. I believe that not only faith, but also holiness is key. And it's actually receiving from God what God wants to give us. It's a practice Obedience. So, what have we seen so far? We've seen that we need to recognize our need, cry out to God, start with what we have, have faith, partner with others, be humble, develop persistence, practice obedience, and finally, be accountable. Be accountable to somebody else. I don't believe that God calls individual lone rangers to work for his kingdom. I don't believe he does. I believe he calls us to work in partnership together accountable to one another and accountable to him. She went after all this has happened and told the man of God, and he said, sell the oil and pay for your debts. You and your sons can live on what's left. Once she's got all these jars full, she goes to the man of God again and says, what do I do now? And he says, there you go, this is your answer. God wants us to work in partnership together and be accountable. Why am I saying all this? Because I believe that God wants to do more amongst us than we've ever seen. I I believe it with all my heart. But I believe we need to position ourselves to receive it. We need to be ready to receive from God. We need to prepare our hearts to receive from God so that he can pour out abundantly upon us for the sake of his kingdom and his glory. Shall we pray? Rachel, can you come up here as well, please? Because I'd like to pray for us, but I'd like us to pray for you as well. Is that all right? Thank you Lord. Father, we pray today that you would enable us to prepare for what you want to do. Lord, I thank you that you have given us so many good things and Lord, you've given us your holy spirit. You've empowered us. And forgive us, Lord, for at times just wanting more because we kind of feel a bit scared and we don't really recognize what it is you've already given. Lord, I pray we'd do both. I pray we would recognize what you've already given and reach out for more at the same time and trust you in a new way.
1: God, I pray that if,
0: if any of us have been challenged or struggling with disappointments, that you would come and heal our hearts. That You'd forgive us for holding on to disappointment and you'd help us to let go of it so that we might hold on in faith to you. God, I pray that where your word has touched someone's life today, either through what Rachel said or what I've said or Andy or somebody else, and you've said, begin pouring. I want you to begin pouring out what I've given you. Lord, that we would respond boldly. And even though it feels like it's a tiny bit that we've got, Lord God, would you help us to pour and to trust you with the overflow? Father, we pray that you do more amongst us than we've ever seen. We're hungry for you. We don't want our pride or our stubbornness, or our risk of embarrassment to get in the way. We want you to have your way. Lord, would you cleanse us, make us holy. Whether there are areas in our lives that don't match up with your word or your desire, would you show them to us that we might be ready to receive from you. And Father, as a church, we pray for Rachel. We thank you for her. We thank you, Lord, that you've been preparing her for the season she's coming into right now. We thank you, Lord, that the van project that we've heard about, 4,000 children reached and shared with. It's so exciting, but it was, it was another step in preparation for the next step. And Lord, thank you that she's walking a journey of faith where it feels like every year or two she has to go and collect jars again. And every year she's got to trust you that there's going to be enough as she begins to pour out into those jars. And Lord, that's tiring. And it requires faith and confidence, and I pray that you'd fill up all of those jars for Rachel today. I pray, Lord, for her and her ministry and those who partner with her, Lord, that that the the jars of need would be filled with your plenty, that where there's provision required, you would supply, and you do it through people like us and others, but, Lord, that you would supply amply for what she needs, not just for finance, but, Lord, we pray that children's lives would be transformed in Albania. We pray, Lord, together that this nation would look completely different as an entire generation of children grow up having heard the gospel. We think of their parents and maybe grandparents who grew up under a regime which told them that God didn't exist. And we thank you, Lord, that today there are children discovering that you do and you care for them and you have a plan for them. Father, we think of those who grew up not knowing they were created by you, now able to discover that you made them and they're special in your sight. God, we pray for favor on Rachel, strength for her, others to partner with her and stand alongside her. And we pray as she's come today to share success and also share the need, Lord, that we would uh, be those who are able to stand alongside her and see and rejoice in what you're doing. Lord, use us, we pray, all of us, every single one in this room, to pour out the bit you've given us and trust you for more. In Jesus' name. Amen.